Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. Well, praise God. I encourage all of you to um, hold fast to your confession. And uh, at this time of year, um, it can be so difficult to take time out and remind ourselves what it's all really about. But make time for that in your daily schedule, just to remember Jesus and uh, remember why he came. Um, It just blows me away every time I think about that story. Um, Especially, he came as a helpless child. I mean, God, sometimes we think, God, your ways definitely are higher than our ways because you sent a helpless child who appeared, and, and he did. He had to rely on his earthly parents and, um, and, and the people around him to get him through. He was, as, he, was, he was as human as we are. He was as dependent on others as we, as we were, as we are. And that's what always just blows me away is that he came as a, as a, as a baby, he came as a baby. Didn't you know? We sing that song. Um, he's coming again on on on. He's coming on the clouds. Amen. The lion and the lamb. We sing. But the first time he came, he came as a baby. And and anyone who so so God is this your plan for humanity? It's just a baby. But what would that baby become? What would that baby become after around thirty years of life for three and a half years of ministry? That baby was that was the child that went to the cross for us and uh, so thank god for the birth of jesus amen he was just as human as we are and so and this is something that i often say to people i says right now on this earth we are jesus with skin on you know we 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 have jesus inside us and and he was walking flesh and blood here on this earth, and now we do that. We are the heralds of his return. Amen. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about a couple of uh, aspects of, of, of his name in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, which we've just uh, mentioned while praying, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. And so, you know, just as there were signs before his first coming. So there are signs before his return. Amen? There were signs before his first coming. We know that it was prophesied that he would come. And, um, and then there were those signs that you could see in the heavens that actually led those men from the east to him. So there were signs on display that this child had been born. And, and now we, we, we see signs of a different kind. And the word says that you'll still see them in the heavens, but it portrays them in a much more dramatic way. Because the earth, the Bible says, is groaning. The, the earth is groaning. The earth is, has got an expiry date. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Do you believe that? And so you know, the, there's, there's such dramatic language used in God's word about the signs of the times. 
Not just earthly, earthquakes, famine and plague. And it's very appropriate to think about that right now in the times that we live in. But also just the condition of people's hearts. And so I believe that the, the signs of his return are already here. And he'll be coming again, but he's not going to be coming as a helpless babe. When he comes again, he's coming on the clouds of fire. He's coming as redeemer. He's coming, as, as he's coming to take his church away. He's coming to take his bride away. He's coming to take those who have placed their hope and their trust and that have said, I invite you into my heart. Be my personal Lord and Savior. He's coming for them. Amen. And that is good. So, you know, the herald of his first coming can be found all over the old covenant. And so we find it, and the most well-known one is in Isaiah chapter 9. Amen. Verse, verse 6. You know, and so, but what about the herald or the heralds of his return? And I was thinking about this, and I thought to myself, well, we'll find that in Scripture too. We'll find that in Scripture too. But it occurs to me that our lives are much more intertwined and connected to the herald of his return. We weren't, I wasn't around when, when, I, when Isaiah was around. You know, I'm not Methuselah. <laughs> you know, the gray hair and the beard trailing, you know. I, I'm here in the here and the now with, a, with, with something to do for Jesus. All right, so we are heralds of a soon and coming king, amen? And we have an announcement to make that something is about to happen. That's what a herald does. He says, he comes into your village <laughs> and he says, hear ye, hear ye, something is about to happen. And I, I think of it that way, I think about this this uh, purpose that we have as heralds of his return. Amen? And so something is going to take place soon. Many things will take place soon. Many things still have to come to pass, but then he will return. Amen? He will return. And I used to think in my uh, ignorance that I was to do everything I could do to delay the return of Jesus. Why would I think that way? Perhaps I thought, well, it's going to give us all more time to reach the lost on the uttermost parts of the earth. And I thought, wow, okay, so I need to push back against evil. I need to push back against the things of this world and delay things as much as, as possible but actually, I thought wrong. I was thinking in error. And I want to read in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 12 to you. And uh, this is Peter. And he writes in 2 Peter 12. I'll go from, from, sorry, we'll go from verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, isn't that all dramatic language? What manner of persons ought you to be in conduct 
and godliness. Looking, and here's the part that changed my mind. Verse 12, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the, of the Lord, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Amen. So what did, you know, what did Peter mean when he said, look for and hasten the coming of the day of the Lord? And it says to me that we actually have power and influence to not delay his coming, but to hasten it, to speed it up. So I, you know, now I might be wrong, but that's my, what, what has occurred to me is that we should be busy hastening the day of the Lord and not trying to delay it. Amen? I, 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 trust, I trust God. He knows his, his design and plan means that the gospel will be preached to the uttermost parts of the earth. Because I can't be in more than one place at one time, but he has other believers and other people in other places doing things too. Amen? And, and I, want, I want to look at this word here, hastening. And the Greek word is, is it's spudo, which is probably where the word speed comes from. Spudo. And it's d defined as to be, as to earnestly desire or to urge on diligently. To urge something on. Amen. And I believe that we can do that through our prayer. We can do it through our actions. We can do it through ministry. We can do it through missions. All of these things. Amen. But God's day and time, the return of Jesus Christ is set, but he, only he knows it. Only the Father knows it. But he says, hasten his return. Amen. So part of that is, is to be heralds. Just the same way as the birth of Jesus was heralded, now it's our, it's our turn to herald the second coming of Jesus Christ. Amen. And uh, all of the messages of the last three weeks hopefully have been a blessing to you, but those messages will hope, have hopefully helped us to be effective heralds because when the challenges, the troubles, and the storms come, they're all designed to do what? To, to silence, to silence us, to put us out of commission. And so, um, you know, if, if, if we're out of commission, we can't be the bearers of good news. We can't be the heralds, Amen. And so anyone who's a herald or a bearer or a carrier of the gospel or the good news is going to have to overcome great challenges in the line of duty. <laughs> Amen. And I, that's why that series, on that series on victorious, overcoming the storms of life, I, th I think was timely for us as we go into 2021. I don't want 2021 to be a, um, a replay of 2020. No, <laughs> no, I, I think, I think, wow, no, please, Lord, it won't be. We declare it so, amen. And so um, we need to endure, amen. We need to endure, hallelujah. We need to endure so that we can herald, be heralds, 
and be bearers and couriers and carriers of his name and his return. Amen. And uh, I had um, a scripture here which has now disappeared. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but anyway, we have to endure. And uh, at this, you know, we'll all probably take some time over Christmas now to reflect back on this year. And sometimes I personally, I think, you know what, that situation or that whatever has de defeated me. I choose to see some things as a defeat. And the Lord's been dealing with me on that as well. And he says, you have to, you have to learn to differentiate between a setback and defeat. And we've had lots of setbacks this year, but we've not been defeated. Amen. We've not been defeated. And so we now know that what, what once had the power to dominate our lives is simply a shadow, all right? And a lot of us are fighting shadows. And Jesus came into the world, the light of the world, to banish shadows, you know? And that's what, that's what happens. Sometimes it's the shadow of something that we wrestle with. It's the shadow... The, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, sometimes, a lot of times, it's the threat or the impending, you know, oh, there's a potential here for something bad to happen. But Jesus came as the light of the world. That baby was the light of the world. And I thank God, I, I you know, um, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, this year's been great because I'm trying to understand light a lot more because we had to do um, church online virtual church for so long, and I, and I got to understand that um, you just can't sit anywhere in a room and be seen, <laughs> or else you just see this outline, or you only see half of, and I'm like, light is amazing, and we need, his light is all-encompassing, and when it, a light is all-encompassing, there's no shadow. The shadow is gone when his light is all around us. And I thought that was great. So getting on to our key scripture in Isaiah verse 9, it says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Amen? You know, the people back in the Old Covenant, had hoped to live under the full blessing of God, but it was actually all bound up with the arrival of Jesus. And then we walked into a time of a new covenant. And the full blessing and the promises of God that went all the way back to Abraham, and that chain has never been broken. That promise that he promised Abraham it started in, in, in Genesis and it ends in Revelation. And it's going on right now on this earth. Amen. So we are living under the new covenant with, where all of God's promises are yes and amen. They're available to us. And so I want to just focus this morning on a couple of names. And the first is that he's called Wonderful Counselor. And what is more obvious to me now than ever before is the ever-increasing number of people that need counseling. And I want to say something this morning so that you understand where I'm coming from. 
I'm not saying that critically. It's scriptural to seek counsel. It's scriptural to seek counsel. You know, generations ago, you, you'd be reticent to say that you'd needed to go for counseling. I, maybe I'm wrong. I'm maybe speaking to some of our, of our, of our s- s- el- elders here in this place today. But, you, you know, you wouldn't admit to going to counseling or going to a counselor. But it is so needed. We need a counselor, don't we? And, you know, I've, in, 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 in my time involved with, it, with education over the last few years, I definitely see the need for counsel and counseling. And this last week, I was met with a situation that I'd never been confronted with before. A young man came up to me in the class and gave me a slip of paper. And he said, I have to leave the class for two minutes. And it was, I'd never seen one before. It was the first time I'd seen this permission slip for when he was overwhelmed, he had permission to leave the class and go outside and whatever, and then come back in. And, and, and it got me to thinking, and he's not the only student who's, str- who's really struggling psycho- uh, mentally, psychologically, emotionally. And the need for counseling is entirely, is entirely scriptural. In Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22, it says, Without counsel, your plans go haywire. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. And I believe that the Lord puts trusted people into our lives that we can go to for counsel and advice. We need to consult with people that have lived through some stuff before us. You know, so it's, it's good to go for counsel. But there is someone who offers counsel on another level, and that is Jesus the wonderful counselor. And, you know, that's what I want to talk about this morning. I want, to, I, want to, I want us to leave here having a different picture of what Jesus is able to do, achieve for us. Amen. And our social structure is under great strain. Would you agree? It's fracturing further and further. People are under great distress. People are in great need of help and advice. And I thought, well, do you know what? There's really nothing new here, although I see it much more now. You know, people have been met. I'm just going to say it the way it is. People have been messed up for centuries. People, people's lives have been, even in a time when before mobile phones, life could still be complicated. A lot of times we say, well, it's, it's, it's due to this, you know. And I do think that there's been an acceleration of the complexity of our lives because of modern technology. But life was still, could still get complicated back along, couldn't it? I believe that. And so people have always needed counsel, but the history books are full of stories of those that went and heeded wise counsel and succeeded, and those that took heed of foolish counsel and fell or failed. And so... We have to make the choice to heed either truth or deceit because there's no shortage of opinions out there. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, even with your nearest and dearest, you can have a difference of opinion from time to time. 
can't you? You can have a difference, you can have a wee, can have a wee difference of opinion, you know? And so, you know, there's no shortage of opinions, there's no shortage of information, there's no shortage of schemes out there in the world. Christmas, the, the, the schemes and the scams are going off the chart. There's no shortage of schemes that are waiting to take advantage of your life. Amen? And so, we go to Psalm 1.1, and I'm reading from the Amplified. It says, blessed, happy, fortunate, and prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans, and purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. Isn't that great scripture? Blessed is the very first verse in Psalms. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. I think God is, you, you know, if you're like me, I, I, I had a, a novel one time. Maybe some of you know it. It used to be a TV series called Shogun. And the book was written by James Clavel. And it was the thickest novel I'd ever seen. I never finished the book. In fact, I managed to read the first chapter four or five times. Because I'm one of those guys, if I pick it up and I stop at a place, if I can't remember what's happening, I go back. I never finished the book. But I remembered the first chapter, great. <laughs> and sometimes I think God just puts things the, right there at the start. If you don't get anything else, at least get this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. And so, um, it's, 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 there's, it's an important point that's being made here. Amen. Blessed are those who trust in and receive the wonderful counsel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to focus on one word there today, one, the word wonderful. And I want to... I want to tell you what it means in Hebrew. In Hebrew, the word for wonderful is Pele, like as in spelt the same way as the footballer, Pe Pele, but not Pele, Pele is the word for wonderful. Amen. And I always thought, well, oh, that's wonderful. What does wonderful mean to you? Well, that's, mar that's, that's, that's marvelous. That's great. That's awesome. That's wonderful, right? But I think we'll leave here today excited about a deeper meaning for the word wonderful, the word Pele. And the word Pele refers to something from a Hebrew context, astonishingly wondrous, miraculous, supernatural, and exceeding expectation. Amen? Something astonishingly wonderful. How many times in our lives these days do we, are we astonished? Put your hands up if you... Okay, great. I have to admit, I'm rarely astonished. Astonished is like speechless, flabbergasted. Truly, you have no response. And maybe it's something to do with just how our lives are, maybe slightly desensitized to the amazing 
wonderful potential that God sees in us. But when, you, when something is truly astonishing, it will stop you in your tracks and you won't even know what, what to do. So, wonderful counselor, a counselor who's so astonishingly good and, and, and his, whose counsel will lead to miraculous happenings in your life. Amen? And I want to go, go back to Exodus 15 here and just put a bit more meat on, the word, on that word wonderful. And in Exodus, Exodus 15, um, verse, let's go, let's go from, let's see, let's go from verse 11. Exodus 15, verse 11. Why am I in Genesis? <laughs> I'm like, the words don't match. <laughs> I'm in the wrong book. <laughs> Exodus 15, 11. Who, who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Little g. Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? All right. Who is like you, O Lord? And I thought, wow. Okay, I get that. He, our God is, there's no one like our God. But just, just how wonderful is our God, I'll go back to verse 8 in Exodus, verse 8. And this is the story of the, the whole nation of Israel getting across the Red Sea. Okay? Verse 8, with the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together and the floods stood upright like a heap, the depths congealed in the heart of the sea. Think about that for a moment. We have all these images of the Red Sea crossing. That there, when you really think, when you really meditate on it, God caused waters to stand as a, like a wall with the blast of his nostrils, with a wind. He caused the waters to part and he kept them there. Pele. When you read Exodus 15, the word wonders there in verse 11 is the same word Pele. God's, God works wonders that are miraculous, that that are miraculous in their appearance. That the result of him working a wonder in your life is the miraculous. It's starting to put a whole new meaning on the word wonderful. Amen. He has no rival and no equal. And he's passionately faithful from generation to generation. And he's Compassion is such that there's no other God that can match him. There's no other deity that can, there's nothing that this world can offer that comes close to his passion for you. Amen? He is compassionate. And if he would work wonders for the nation of Israel like that, and he never changes, he's from age to age, he's still the same, then can he do wonderful works for us? Amen, he can. Amen. 
So Jesus is the type of counselor whose counsel leads us to the miraculous. His counsel leads us into astonishing happenings in our life. And it's the counsel of his wisdom and it's the counsel of his ways that help us to, do, to move on. Amen? It's a miraculous counsel. Miraculous in nature, miraculous in results. And sometimes I think, you know, I, I, I think about our, my level of expectation. And I know that God's provision will always exceed my level of expectation. It's, it has the potential to exceed my level of expectation, should I say. Because I sometimes under-expect. And God is like, I can do so much more. Amen? Jesus can do so much more. And he's mighty enough to deliver what he says. And so I hope that that word wonderful now takes on a different meaning. And... Just before we close this, and this is much shorter than last week, I want to look at just the follow-on name to back that up, and that is that he is a mighty God. Mighty God. And once again, I want to go to Hebrew and look at that word mighty, which is gibor. And you can find a commentary or go into Bible Hub or whatever you, wherever you want to go and look at this word gibor. And this word gibber refers to God as a strong God, but not strong in the way that, you know, you would brag on someone who's got big muscles and can lift heavy objects. His might is much greater than that. In fact, the word gibber is referring to God in a, like a military context, that that's that kind of might. And he is El Gibor the God who fights our battles. So you have a wonderful counselor, and then you've, right after that, you have El Gabor, the mighty God who fights all your battles, who fights your battles. And there's this song right now, I'm, 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 I'm eager to sing it in church. Maybe you've heard it. This is how we fight our battles. It looks like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Amen. This is how we fight our battles. And so God is already, when, when, when someone says to you, you know, I'm mighty, we would usually say, well, prove it. How much, how much can you lift up? What can you do? Show me. But we serve a mighty God who's already demonstrated, who's already, the track record of his victories is still here in the word for us. So we do, we're, we don't want to, we're not even going to have to test God, although he invites us to in, in one instance, but he says, I'm mighty. And there you go. All you have to do is read my word. Read the old covenant. Read the new covenant. Read of my might. Amen. And this, this might that the, he's talking, this type of might and strength that the, that the word talks about is a victorious type of strength. Amen. And if you look in, we won't go there, but if you read in 1 Samuel chapter 6, when the word refers to David, remember he was picked out by Samuel, it refers to him also as Gibor, warrior. 
Amen. Warrior. And, 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 and David was a man after God's own heart. Had that might in him, the gibor. And the same word is used to refer to Jesus and mighty God, El Gibor, mighty warrior. Amen. So I want to remind us all today that we're protected by a victorious God. Amen. God, we're protected by a, a victorious God. And, and the other thing is he's decisive in his victories. And sometimes I think, you know, I come out of situations in my life and I'm like, did, did, I, did, I, did I win? Did I lose? Where am I? I'm confused as to where I stand now. Was that, was that, was that a victory or was that a, a setback? But I serve a God who's El Gabor decisive in victory. There's no sitting on the fence. He, when victory is won, it is won. There's no, there's no toing and froing on that. Amen? The outcome is never in question when God is fighting your battles and he's on your side. The outcome is never in question. That's good news. I'll go, I'll go into 2020 with that, definitely, knowing that the outcome of this year that's coming is still not going to be in question. The outcome of this year was not in question, actually, either, in, in him. Amen? And we've been here praying on, on Thursday evenings and we've been praying together and, you know, Alex has prayed it out that, you know, that, that there's things that God permits us to have to go through. But he's, he's still decisive in victory. So be encouraged. Be encouraged this morning. Don't feel like this year has been a loss. How much have you grown in your faith and your trust in God this year? How much have we all grown? How much have we all had to say, Lord, if it wasn't for you, all could have been lost. And sometimes we need to remember that. We need to remember that. And we need to keep on giving him glory when we're under a spiritual attack or physical attack or whatever attack we're under, he is El Gabor. He, he'll always give you triumph. And, when, and, and he, he's given us Jesus who is going to return triumphantly for a triumphant people. So always remember that you're triumphant. You're triumphant. Amen. You triumphed because Jesus did. Amen. So thanks be to God that he's provided everything we need to live a life of victory. This morning, um, we're going to finish there. We're going to sing a carol as we leave. But I want to just finish with one verse of scripture in John chapter 1. In verse 4, it says that the Word, and we know that the Word is Jesus. He was the Word at the beginning, the anointed one. The Word gave life to everything, to you and to me, that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. 
Let's leave here this morning with that on our minds that his light has extinguished the darkness. Amen. Think of that, think of that, of that purpose that we have as being heralds. Hallelujah. And remember that he is El Gabor, your mighty delivering God. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.